1: Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Road to roll Road Football Show. I am Patrick Doherty, joined as always by Danny Carter and Kyle Dvorczyk. We are going to break down the entire Week 13 slate. It's a smaller slate this week, even though we're two-thirds of the way through the season. The NFL has decided six teams must have their bye week now. So only 12 games. If you do not include the Thursday night game, which we are not talking about, we talked about earlier this week, we will be talking about the Cardinals at the Steelers, and the new look, the Pittsburgh offense, the 49ers, of course, at the Eagles. In the game of the week. The Dolphins at the Commanders in the game, we hope, is a sneaky shootout. We hope that the – not sneaky. We hope it's a shootout. And we hope that the Commanders, though, just aren't completely collapsing as it appeared they might be on Thanksgiving Day. It's the Dallas Cowboys, the Chiefs of the Packers. Uh, every game we're going to go into in great detail. But first, you know, we're usually all football on the show. Sometimes we're some laughs. Mm-hmm. We try not to get into each other's personal lives. But, Denny, I'm sorry to bring up something from your personal life, but – uh you're a three egg guy, huh? <laughs> I actually agree with you. I, I hear you've been debating what is the proper amount of eggs to eat with your other podcast partner, Mr. J.J. Zacharias. And it's been a listening, fierce debate. I did a Reddit, ask me anything on Thursday, and I got a question about it. And what is going on with the egg wars between you and J.J.?
2: Look, uh, J.J. is a, a a big, tough man, you know, first and foremost. And he needs six eggs to fill his tummy. Um, I don't need six eggs. Personally, I, I need three at most. <laughs> um, and I feel like six is too much. I don't know. I mean, um, unless, unless you're trying to put what? on weight to make the varsity team. I, I, I feel like six is excessive. I said I read it. They
3: sell them in groups of 12. And you would think right? that it would last you more than two meals if they're selling you in that group size. But Man, six is so if I you're trying to make eggs. the
1: 1984 East German summer Olympic team, you might right. need to be eating six eggs at least with every meal. That's just like a starter portion. Yes,
3: you're that's right. To yeah. a, like, how many, how many javelins is JJ throwing a day? Cause I do think that would make six sound more reasonable depending on the answer.
2: And, and, you know, another thing is that JJ, uh, <laughs> I don't know about javelin throwing, but he's, he's a very, uh, uh health conscious guy, right? Um, and yeah, so he's, JJ, he's
1: never had more than one almond, for instance. Though. Right. He's
2: he's pounding these eggs, and people online are saying, JJ, the eggs are they're no good. They're no good
1: for you, man. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta
2: stop. Which is ridiculous because of all the things to point out, I think eggs are on the okay side. No, no, of-
1: no. JJ's cholesterol is like taking a drag and a cigarette. Man, please <laughs> stop. Uh, <laughs> too much the LDL. <laughs> It's way
2: too friggin' uh, high, man. Uh, <laughs> but you, hey, you know what, though? JJ exercises a lot. Maybe maybe that that, you know, uh, br- leads you to a world where you're eating six eggs at a time. I mean, he, he'll casually be like, yeah, I ran 10 miles today. And I'm like, wait, <laughs> what?
1: Denny will quite I think that's where is. the
3: disconnect comes in, because, Denny, you I don't think I've left your house in months. So that <laughs> would create a very distinct difference in your lifestyles as, as far as eating is concerned. No,
1: no, Denny, remember, he tries to hide. He goes golfing every day.
3: I, oh,
2: oh, oh, easy every easy. day. I, I I, ran guys. I ran today. Okay. Ran wow. like a mile. A and, and I was, I was like, I, I look like I had just, I was like Kellen Winslow at the end of that triple overtime game. against <laughs> yes.
1: Kellen Winslow senior. We must. Uh, yeah. We must... Kellen
2: Winslow senior. Right. Like, like being carried off the field. I, that was me after a mile. And JJ's yeah, I ran 10 miles. What?
1: I will doesn't say. Everybody, doesn't everybody. I'm a two egger, but if I'm really hungry, then I go up to three. I mean, four, uh, you know, you just call the police immediately. That's right. Eggs are the wonder food, by the way. I'm a big, big egg fan. We must move on, though, to the Arizona Cardinals at the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Blaming Canada and Loving It Steelers are five-and-a-half point home favorites against the Cardinals. I'm glad Kyle liked that. Against the Cardinals team, who's post-Kyler Murray return high. I can't read this. To you. The Cardinals, they're riding high after <laughs> Kyler Murray return. Uh, But it's kind of wearing off, Denny. There's a lot to talk about with Arizona, but we have to begin with Pittsburgh. What do you think were the most telling moments from their Week 12 approach? What is going to be transferable? What was maybe a one-game fluke? What do you think is for real with Matt Canada out the door in Pittsburgh? Yeah,
2: well, uh, first of all, the Athletic had a really good piece. I linked to it in my regression files about what exactly changed uh, in the Pittsburgh offense in the post-Matt Canada, uh, first game without Matt Canada, I should say, uh, and really, it comes down to two things, uh, pushing the ball further downfield consistently and exploring what we call in the business, the, quote, middle of the field. It is a very
1: effective. It's an industry term, but yeah.
2: right. And you can look it up. You can Google it. You pause the podcast if you need to. But The moff. The boys call it the moff.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The moff. Right. And
2: the, the MOF folks, the, 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 the Steelers, the Steelers have, have, have acknowledged and explored the MOF and it worked wonders for moving the ball. This is what all the good teams do to the, these days, the Niners, the Dolphins, the Cowboys, they hammer them off. And, them off. and uh, uh, the Steelers, we're not doing that at all. Like, like not, not even a little bit before Matt Canada was fired. They started to do that. Uh, uh, we saw Kenny Pickett's A dot and average yards per attempt skyrocket compared to recent weeks. It's all very good for for everybody in this offense.
1: So you think that maybe they're playing a very, very basically collapsed Bengals defense last week? But you do think there's legitimate reason for hope because I do. Uh, I, mean, I don't know. I mean, it could be statistical variance, randomness. Uh, but pretty insane that the last time they had gained 400 yards was the final game (laughs) before they hired Matt Canada. And then they immediately reached 400 (laughs) yards the first game. It actually doesn't sound real to me. No, it doesn't Seems like a bit of an indictment, I believe is what you would call it. Uh, So I agree with your reasons for optimism, especially because this is like a a momentum building matchup. Arizona has an awful, awful defense and maybe it'll be a two game Island that actually isn't predictive. I mean, the Steelers and their Matt Canada mold, weren't even taking advantage of good matchups. They weren't gaining any yards, scoring any point. Kenny Pickett, of course, goes out saying, still did not throw a touchdown last week. <laughs> he, will, he will never quote. Let's not get so carried away. Point. Let's not get carried away. All right. If it, Kyle, do you have any follow-up thoughts on the Steelers? Do you agree with Denny's fairly rosy assessment? Because I, I do.
3: Yeah, I mean, the only sort of drawback for me on the offense, or at least the one player who I don't think is going to be benefited a ton by this is George Pickens, who like, we saw you know target share targets for outrun didn't change much at all in this past game that's cuz I think like he just is who he is he is a outside boundary jump ball outside guy who Kenny Pickett doesn't want to throw to and there's no scheming right now at least that's going to change that maybe it's something they can change in the off season but I do think just he is so ingrained in who he is at this point that that player has like spike-weak potential, but they're going to be so few and far between that I think there's really good Friar Muth and Deontay Johnson, probably even for the pass-catching results of the running backs. I think Pickens is probably the one player who this moves the needle least for me.
1: Yeah, just because, I don't know, what could really move the needle for George Pickens with Kenny Pickett? And it's, maybe Kenny Pickett could be reborn. Um, that That's going to be like an entire off-season project, yeah. not just a... There's some things they can change in season and that they have changed. I agree with, with that assessment that uh, so the bigger stuff might have to come in the off season. Yeah. Kyler, oh, Denny, you have a final thought there? The middle of the field
2: stuff primarily benefited Pat Fryermuth, obviously 120 some yards uh, led the team in all receiving categories. I will say though, Fryermuth didn't have the best route participation rate. I think it was around 60%, 65%. Um, so he got away with it a little bit. I just wanted to mention that he's in the regression files in the, the negative area.
1: Real, I'll say real quick. So, are you not point chasing with Pat Brown this week? Because I'm getting a lot of questions about him. Understanding. Well,
2: okay. Like in twelve team leagues, I think that you're probably starting him unless unless you have you know I I don't know like a Dalton Kincaid. I'd rather start Kincaid.
1: Dalton Kincaid. He's on by this week.
2: Oh, well, then well, then I would <laughs> I wouldn't start.
1: Would you rather? I, I was not trying to call you out no, there. No, but no, no, would you rather start? I'm assuming you'd rather start Taysom Hill, right?
2: Yeah. yeah.
1: Would you rather start Evan Ingram this week? Then Pat Frymuth. Yes. Um, Would you rather start, I don't know, Jake Ferguson? Although by the time the show airs, no,
2: no, I think I would lean uh, the Muth.
1: I got the Muth in the top seven this week. So I agree. Listen, you hate to overreact to one game, but you can't not react. Yeah. yeah. And nine catches in the first game after they fire the office coordinator is a a pretty good sign. Kyle, the Cardinals passing attack has been not great in the three games since Kyler Murray's return. He's been producing in fantasy because he keeps scoring rushing touchdowns. He had one carry in Week 12. It just happened to be a rushing touchdown that kind of kept afloat <laughs> what was otherwise a terrible uh, overall performance. Uh, what do you think is up with Kyler? He's been horribly inaccurate. What does it mean for Marquise Brown? Is the reason for hope? Reason for more pessimism? Etc.
3: Yeah. I mean, he's just been dreadfully inaccurate, specifically throwing 10 plus yards downfield, especially for someone like Marquise Brown. Those are the throws we need him to be connecting on. He's, he's been, he's been completing 10 plus yard throws just north of 30%. He's nearly dead last in the NFL in completion percent over expected. And I think the real reason for optimism is that we've seen him be good on those throws before. And this is what now a, a three game sample, I think. So, I'm I'm going to say he will be better than the worst intermediate to deep throw in the NFL. He's not going to be like as bad as Dorney Thompson Robinson. However, even if he progresses, he would still need to make up a lot of ground to not be one of the weaker throwers on, you know, intermediate and deep throws. So he has a lot of ground to make up. I expect him to make up some of it, but does he make up all of it? That's kind of the question facing this entire offense.
1: Are you guys saying Cliff Kingsbury did nothing wrong?
3: I know yeah. I had I had a, a did he getting? know meme tweet about that because like oh, no. that would be the ultimate indictment is that we see Kyler expand what the team is trying to make him do or trying to allow him to do is maybe a more more generous way to put it and then he struggles to do that that would be the you know ultimate indictment of Kyler that maybe Cliff was right.
1: Well, we, we talked about that, that. That's what I was most interested in seeing was how much of the horizontal raid was Cliff and how much of it was this Kyler being like Daniel Jones and not wanting to throw down the field. And early returns, not super promising. We have to move on, but really quick, any either of you have a stat or something you want to share on Jalen Warren versus Najee Harris who just, just seem to remain mired in stalemate.
2: Yeah, I mean uh, Najee Harris is still basically operating as the RB1 um in 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 most uh in most ways you cut it so you know i guess that's it is what it is Jalen warren is is the starter but he's not really um and uh he remains the more explosive option the guy who can do more with less um to use corporate speak so we'll uh I
3: mean, you keep <laughs> starting them both you, Najee do, harris leads the nfl and carries 20 plus yards so
1: good Wait, grief on, what are you yep. kidding
3: He's been chunking them lately. He's been he's been pretty solid lately. He started Are off the can- year okay. Had a pretty Najee Harris-esque like month and a half. He's been he's been gashing them lately. So- Producer Adam
1: said we could take out that fake stat you to share by the way. <laughs> <laughs> no way. He's see.
3: no Jalen Warren to be clear. Warren is still crushing yeah. every efficiency metric. Right. But I do think there's probably some aspect of maybe don't jam Najee Harris 20 times a game in the most obvious spots imaginable that makes him look better.
2: Uh, Cardinals are an insanely uh, extreme run funnel. And uh, so I actually think that it makes it a little bit iffy for the pass catchers for the Steelers because, wow, they are going to really, really want to run the ball.
1: Denny regrets to inform it's Najee season and I regret to inform we have to take a quick break. We will be right back after this. If you want more Formula One after the recent Grand Prix in Vegas, check out CNBC's special podcast series Inside Track, the business of Formula One an inside look at what's fueling F1's popularity and who is profiting. Hear from the biggest names in the game, the league CEOs and the million dollar packages rolled out for the most elite fans. You can listen by following the squawk on the street podcast, wherever you download and subscribe.
4: The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble.
1: one we talked about a little bit on tuesday i would like to become an f1 fan it's one of those things i haven't had time to get into yet but i would like to try to get into it at some point You're just get into golf instead i'm I'm in the golf but when i say i'm in the golf i mean i read all the texts my dad sends me no, I <laughs> and i watch the majors um Have you guys watch
3: the f1 and golf documentaries i think they were done by like the same studio Yeah, netflix, yeah. on netflix yeah mm-hmm. and they so try to be do-
1: They've tried to do tennis too, and I'm a big tennis head. That's why I can't follow golf or
3: F1. I'm a too big of a, a racket that, head. That doesn't seem like a reason you can't follow another sport. Uh,
1: well, the reason I can't follow another sport is I very closely follow NFL, MLB, NCAA, kind of the NHL, definitely the Olympics, kind of
3: max. Olympics out. is once a on four years. All right, buddy.
1: Try telling that to NBC.
3: <laughs> 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 huh? well, no, I, I, know, I, know, I know, but uh.
1: uh, I do love the
2: Olympics. Also, Pat has 11 kids.
1: The Olympics, Paris 2024, only on NBC and Peacock. The Indianapolis Colts are getting one point on the road against the faded Tennessee Titans, Kyle Dvorak. Jonathan Taylor is out. Is this as simple as saying that Zach Moss is a plug-and-play RB1?
3: Brother, you better believe it. He was averaging like 24 touches a game in three starts without Jonathan Taylor. He's still like 10th in the NFL in rushing, I think. And even last week, we saw he still got some work. And I don't think they knew at any point that Jonathan Taylor was injured because he played through it through four frames of football. They were just giving Zach Moss work because he's kind of earning it. So, I mean, he's not kind of earning it. He legit has been a starting plus caliber running back this year. So is Jonathan Taylor. But now that they don't have those guys, I think all of the work, and we saw this previously in Zach Moss starts, all of the work funnels to one player. So, yeah, especially on a week where 60 to 70 teams are on by, absolutely RB1.
1: And especially his backup, I mean, it's one thing to be a journeyman in the NFL. Trey Sermon is a practice squad journeyman at this point. Yep. And he, Zach Moss does not have a legitimate backup. Uh, he's top six, seven running back for me. Totally yeah. agree. Kyle's assessment. Denny, a more complicated question is: Are we streaming uh, Gardner Minshew? Six teams on bye. It's a rough scene at quarterback. It is the Bucks, though. Um, or is it the Bucks? Titans. Titans. Excuse me. <laughs> uh, it's like I know it's not the Bucks. They just face the Bucks. <laughs> the Titans, though, like the Bucks much better against the run. Uh, someone you like to attack attack in the passing game? Uh, it's Gardner Minshew. Uh, can we stream Gardner Minshew? Right. He's in like the Derek Carr. Uh, Baker Mayfield zone that's another reason I had the Bucks because I had Baker Mayfield and Gardner Minshew right. back to back all week can we stream um, Gardner Minshew yeah
2: I, I, <clears throat> there's no real way around it you are you're streaming Gardner Minshew and, and you're feeling pretty good about it um, look th- you know what you're getting the guy leads the league uh, over the past eight weeks in turnover worthy plays by a good a good margin so what what can you do about that but but the matchup is right guys the Titans are giving up the second highest dropback EPA since week seven and the fifth highest uh, passing success rate over over that span. They're allowing the third highest completion rate over expected. Everything points to the Titans as a really, really bad uh, secondary. And you know what? Uh, the Colts have a, a 23 point implied total, which is not entirely hateful.
1: Danny and Kyle very quickly. Gardner Minshew against the Titans. Russell Wilson against the Texans.
3: Russ, do it, Russ That game's going to be fun
2: I I feel like Minshew is the play
1: Gardner Minshew against the Titans or Derek Carr against the Lions if Chris Olave plays
3: Uh, Carr Russ, baby Who do you think has more tutties this year? Who do you think has more tutties? You better believe Uh, it's Russ He's like fourth in touchdowns That's all he does though They're all gimmicks and garbage and we love it either way Mm -hmm. He has two
1: completions for eight yards every week and both of them are four yard touchdowns
3: and one of them is to Samaj P. Ryan. The other one is to Adam Troutman or Brandon Johnson. Oh, Gordon Sutton Scott. won every week because he's actually really good.
1: Uh, producer Adam, th- I honestly was about to ask this one that I, I thought I would be persecuted for my beliefs, though. <laughs> uh, Gardner Minshew against the Titans or Kenny Pickett against the Cardinals. We're just asking
3: questions. <laughs> Pickett. Oh, Gardner Minshew versus Pickett. Minshew, Minshew. You
1: just went to bat for Gardner Minshew and then you very casually say Pickett over him? And this is a new
2: no. Steelers, folks.
1: No, 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 no. This oh, is. danny has got crazy belief in the new Steelers. Uh, very quick, Kyle. Titans offense. Can we trust Derrick Henry and DeAndre Hopkins? DeAndre Hopkins has nuked the Colts earlier this season. Pun, uh, I guess, intended there. Are we <laughs> trusting the Tennessee offense at all?
3: Yeah, I mean, the, the Colts have been a really uh, extreme. Run funnel. I mean, the highest in terms of pass rate over expected face, which is say run rate over expected They're facing the highest run rate over expected in the entire NFL. Been pretty good, not great, but pretty good against the pass. Surprisingly good given the talent they entered the season with, and much worse against the run. I still think you have to play nuke, though. He sees half of the targets and 80% of the air yards every single week, but it's not the best matchup in terms of the team's pass rate. Like we're getting 19 Will Levis pass attempts.
1: You were supposed to say giga ultra run funnel
3: <laughs> and you did not do it. Uh,
1: trying to save their season at home. The New Orleans Saints are roughly four and a half point underdogs against the Lions. Denny Chris Olave is trying to play through a concussion. We don't know his status. He was practicing Wednesday. We're assuming he'll be practicing in on Thursday. That's always a good sign. Yeah. If he suits up, does Detroit constitute a receiver smash spot at this point? They have been bleeding aerial production.
2: Yeah, no, I mean, uh, not going to list 15 stats. I'll just tell you that uh, the, the Lions have been gouged through the air, both in the intermediate and deep parts of the field. So um, they, they, the, the Lions defense has regressed to a point where we might not know the Lions as well as we did as far as like, game script and like what they want to do because when their defense was holding up earlier in the season, it was very predictable. Like you're getting I'm on raw uh, targets. Yeah. And you're just getting a bunch of carries for Gibbs and, and Montgomery most weeks. That's not, that's not the case. The, this, this defense has gotten to the point where it's like, I don't know if Gibbs and Montgomery can get there in negative game script. We, they didn't last week uh, uh, against the Packers and so I, I think this affects everything, uh, but yes, the lions are quite bad in the secondary
1: and to uh, what the lions backfield. I will say even that very precarious game script last week, they did both get 15 touches. David Montgomery though, didn't catch they both finishes
3: RB twos and PPR as well. Just, I mean, it was a kind of an uninspiring week from RBs. but since Dave Montgomery returned, both of them have finished at least as RB twos in every single week. So that's six RB two performances from the, from the cohort. Uh, they have like a negative six percent pass rate over expected since David Montgomery returned. We know their offensive identity; they're good at passing the football. They love running. Them. That, so you guys are making, I think,
1: points that actually kind of gel there. Where Denny's saying the Lions are kind of coming unglued on defense, which makes things complicated for them on offense. Yes, I do think we know what they want to do on offense. Still, it's just a matter of will they actually be able to continue doing that? I think against the Saints, they probably will be. Saints have a tough run defense. Saints. They have a tougher pass defense. It's not like an elite on defense. but I think they'll be able to play Lions football against the Saints still. But I agree with Denny that things are becoming kind of crazy enough for the defense that it might go a little haywire from them down the stretch. Uh, Denny, so we're talking about the, the Lions backfield. What about the Saints backfield? The Lions, the, the defense going haywire does not include against the run. They're still an elite run defense. What do you think this means for Alvin Kamara? His touch t- touch totals have come down a little. he haven't been scoring that many touchdowns. Is it Tay season? Question mark. Yeah,
2: uh, yeah. I mean, I, I do. I do think that uh, Taysom should should be should be a, a good play here, especially like look the, these these receiver injuries. You know, you have Rashid Heed. Uh, I'm not sure if he's practicing this week, but no way to know that. Uh, <laughs> but uh, <laughs>
0: he does have
2: a quad injury.
3: I believe he is not practicing. And, he did uh, not practice Wednesday. I didn't see his status as of today, but not a great sign.
2: Right. Dennis Allen said he has a good little big quad injury. Um, and uh, Michael Thomas, out. Al- I think all these injuries are going to add up to more touches for Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill has, has 13 rushing attempts inside the 10 yard line. That's the same as Kamara. Okay. So they, they kind of are used in equal measure where it counts the most. Um, so I, yeah, you'll be, you'll be shocked to know this. Uh, I'm bullish on Taysom Hill.
1: You're bullish on Taysom Hill. Are you necessarily bearish on Alvin Kamara? He's pretty high. In some of the rankings I've seen this week, or he seems like some people are getting him in like the top five, he's
2: gonna have have to do yeah, he's gonna have to do the scammy thing. Like, uh, like (laughs) there's very little room for Alvin Kamara to have like 80 or 100 yards rushing here. I'm thinking more in the 50 yard range, and then you know, he could get by with six receptions, something along those lines. But I, I do think that the ceiling is limited here for him because. The, the lions the lions are are like a, a pretty pronounced pass funnel defense.
1: So so final question: Crystal Avey plays. Does he go bonkers? I mean, He was going to have a two hundred yard game probably if he did he not was, get injured yeah. in week thirteen. Does he just go bonkers against this Lions team? I
2: think I think yes. I, I mean, yeah, he, let's he do it. Come on, nine, have some faith, boys. He goes yeah, bonkers. he was targeted nine times on twenty two routes last week, so I, <laughs> I think we'll we'll see more of that.
1: It's another. It's a classic. I made this comparison on Twitter or X or screw you, whatever it's called now. Um, <laughs> all right? You guys hear about this? You guys on this? I did hear um, about this. Where it was kind of like, just because Tyler Algier was good, didn't mean that the Falcons should be featuring him because Bijan Robinson right. is awesome. Just because Michael Thomas was Michael Thomas didn't mean the Saints should be featuring him. They have Chris Olave. Michael Thomas goes out one game. Suddenly they devote all their resources to Chris Olave, and he goes bonkers. I know. I know. I feel like it's a similar situation for the Saints and that he might just go totally nuts down the stretch. The Eagles' ridiculously tough schedule continues with the 49ers' home date, Kyle, but we will start on the other side of the ball. The Eagles have become famously giving to opposing quarterbacks and wide receivers, even though they keep winning games. But is this a concerning spot for Brock Purdy and the 49ers' elite passing attack? Brock Purdy's a front runner. What happens if they fall behind early in Philadelphia against a defense that gives up a lot of production? We can't create chaos for opposing offenses.
3: Yeah, I don't really have a lot of concerns. We're just seeing week in, week out. Like there was like a two or three game stretch where Brock Purdy was like a top 16 quarterback in all the efficiency metrics. And outside of that, he's absolutely been destroying. And he's been good when he's been in a very obvious pass situation. Like in 70% plus likely to pass situations, he's a top five quarterback in EPA per play. He is in nearly every split essentially. So when teams think he's going to pass... He still gets away with it, and to the extent that, like, he's probably not getting away with it. Sure, the scheme is very good for him; it's helpful, but he's really good too. Like, I mean, is he on the level that he's, he good. Can suggest- he's, good. Yeah, he's good? Do it. He's, he's good. good. Say, it. say it. Say it. Everyone say it. Then he it say it. he's good. Say it. I accepted it. He's good. He's good. He's good. good. He's good. good. And the he's scheme makes good. him great. Good. He goes- he's good. The scheme helps him. Having Kyle Shanahan as your offensive coordinator/slash head coach very helpful. Having Debo Samuel, Vanerayuk, George Kittle, uh, Trent Williams. Very helpful. He's doing exactly what you'd expect with that cast. He's crushing it, and I don't have any real worries about him in this spot against a, an Eagles defense that, like you said, just not living up to expectations even close this year.
1: I think we might have already talked about this in the podcast once, but once I realized that Brock Purdy was West Coast to a, I had more acceptance
3: that he is actually good,
1: and maybe it's partly the system, of course. But they sure, found it is in
3: part the system. No one's going to deny they, that Kyle <laughs> Shanahan found the, right, out they of found the right
1: functionary for the system. And once I realized he's West Coast to a
2: yeah. accepted the Brock Purdy. I, I will say I do think Purdy can create out of structure more than to a to Tua can't do anything out of structure. No. Nothing.
1: Purdy's definitely got like like the, the YOLO gene. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Uh man, I don't know I've ever seen someone throw he throws across the his body in the field more than Jameis Winston does. Jameis <laughs> does. Like, chill, he
4: man. You guys do that, yeah. Um,
1: and it's a touchdown every single time. I'm, I'm, I'm not bothered by it at all. <laughs> not, not even remotely. Bothered.
2: I do have a question for you, right. Pat, real quick. Uh, where's your God now?
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, he hath forsake me. Yeah. <laughs> he has forsook me. Oh, my God. Uh, Denny, Eagles' offensive concerns against the 49ers. Uh, the 49ers have given up uh, their fair share of passing production, too. A lot better overall defense than the Eagles this year, though. They they shored up their pass rush, of course at the trade deadline, uh, not a great spot for AJ Brown. Be trying to snap a slump. Is that fair framing to you?
2: Kinda. I I, look, the Niners are a a strange defense in that they are by far the most extreme pass funnel in the league. Okay. Like nobody tries to run the ball against them. And, and I don't think that the Eagles will try that. That doesn't mean that they're bad at defending the pass. (laughs) In fact, it's quite the opposite. Um, and unfortunately for some of my DFS teams the last couple of weeks. Uh, and and uh, so they are good. Uh, they are most exploited on the boundaries, which I think is good for, for both Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown runs about 80% from the boundary. Uh, Devontae Smith is about 65% this season. Uh, so they, they shut down the, the middle of the field, the slot, the outside stuff is there. I do think that we could see... You know, kind of an artificial rise in pass volume for what has been a pretty conservative Eagles offense in recent weeks.
1: I should have asked this question after we we're talking about Brock Purdy. But do either of you have a lean on? Is it an IUK week? Is it a Debo week? A Kittle week? I believe the Eagles feature zone defense primarily, which is more of like a Debo thing. But
3: yeah, I mean, most. I actually I looked into this. So one, uh, you know, Debo does do far better against zone ayuka has been better than him against zone and he's destroyed him against man. Like Ayuka's just been better because he's been great. Not to say Debo has been bad, but Ayuk has been really good in basically all situations. Whereas Debo has been a bit more situation dependent and also teams just run zone a lot more than they run man. Like the Eagles are 20th in zone rate as in like they're below average in usage of zone. They run it at like a 70 plus percent clip. So the splits one won't matter that much depending on your opponent. And they also don't really point to like Debo having this specific scenario in which he's better than Ayuk. Ayuk is just that good in all formats. So I think like at this point, we're mostly just ranking Ayuk ahead every week. Not to say it won't be a Debo week, but Ayuk has been playing so well this season that he's just the team's top receiving option. And I don't think it's that close.
2: No, it's not. It's it's not. Uh, I, I I do think uh, you know like in, in in certain models that measure you know a, a receiver's opportunity, Ayuk is like not in the top thirty. So. He's, he's being extremely efficient with his opportunity. You know, you're starting him. You're confident in him. I think this game has a chance to be sort of maybe a back-and-forth type affair. I will say that the Eagles, over the past six weeks, have given up the highest – I'm sorry, the second highest uh, target share to slot receivers. Uh, so that 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 would be Kittle and that would be Debo.
1: The Eagles, despite having defensive vulnerabilities, just beat an elite team every single week. Uh, so that would profile – 49ers would profile – as thus, and by the way, Brandon Ayuk has 13 total targets over his past three weeks. So it feels like at some point the rug will right. be pulled. Right. I do not think it'll be in this game, which as you guys kind of alluded to, I believe will be a shootout. Producer Adam did say the weather might be bad in Philly, but every time you worry about the weather, you just like totally screw yourself. Yeah,
2: I'm I'm kind of done with with, with fretting about the weather. I mean, yeah, it should factor in, but I'm not going to like pull guys out Your
3: of my Your model lineup. should have like a toggle that if game is played in Cleveland, of course, the weather is... Dangerous. Anywhere else, it's probably fine. Let's not worry about it. Which
2: is, we should renew the call here, obviously, for domes <laughs> across
1: America, especially in Cleveland. Come on, oh please, yeah. uh, Cleveland will never have quote one good weather game. <laughs> no, and by the way, Denny will never quote Fret and his cardigan. Um, couldn't help me.
2: <laughs> sorry, I was writing poetry before the yeah, show. You
1: were right. <laughs> uh, we'll be writing some more poetry right after this. We will be right back. It's a career first for Patrick Mahomes on Sunday night football, the reigning MVP and the world's best football player will travel to Lambeau field for the first time in his career. when he takes on Jordan love and the Packers coverage begins at 7 PM. Eastern only on NBC and Peacock. And don't forget, find all your favorite NBC sports shows and Amazon music. Just head to amazon.com slash NBC sports.
0: The
4: longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed.
0: The Texans host the
1: inexplicably surging Denver Broncos roughly three, four point favorites at home. Denny, what do we expect from Houston's approach in this game versus what you have deemed to be a run funnel Broncos defense?
2: Yeah, right. And, and this is sort of switched, uh, over the course of the season. I was posting about it today. Uh, the Denver secondary has been really good since week nine, since about week nine, uh, uh, you know, lots of stats, but m- most importantly, the 12th lowest completion rate over expected fifth lowest drop uh, drop back success rate over that span. Uh, pe- teams are able to run it because uh, the Broncos are a poor rush defense. Broncos are giving up the highest yards before contact per rush attempt since week eight by, and it's like not even close. Okay. So like te- teams can uh, get by via the run, I think that we will see this Texans team either be balanced or maybe even lean a little toward the rush. It's a really good spot for Devin Singletary. Um, less so for for Damien Pierce, who seems to be like the clear cut RB two here. Um, I will say that there is I think there is some hope for the Texans airing it out a little bit because when the Texans played the pass funnel, sorry, when the Texans played the run funnel, Cardinals they were actually 4% over their expected dropback rate a couple weeks ago. Um, So it doesn't necessarily mean that they're just going to take the air out of the ball. Uh, But I do, this is a tremendous spot for Singletary. I think.
1: Do we think by the way, Devin Singletary, he played to a carries draw with Damian Pierce, but he played over 80% of the Texans' snaps last week against the Jaguars. What do we think is more instructive? Do we think the 80% was a fluke just with Damian Pierce? Coming off a multi-week injury, maybe they were easing him back in. What do we think was more telling, the 80% snap share or like the 6-5 to five carries advantage for Devin Singletary? Devin yeah.
3: Singletary's played better significantly than Damian Pierce this year. Right. The team seems to realize that to some degree. Do I think that he will have like an 80-20 carry share? No, I still think that will fall more in line. But like, he's better, got more snaps, out, I doubled him up on touches because they passed a lot and they used Singletary in passing situations. So you maybe you're not starting him as if he's getting 80% of the carries, but you can confidently start him at like, I don't know, 60% plus. And then there still is a ceiling that they don't use Damien Pierce as much. So he's probably another, like on a, on a week with as many buys as we have one of the guys are like, I guess he's an RB one this week. He's like RB 11 or whatever. he's in a great spot. As Denny pointed out.
1: I was going to ask this one to Kyle, but Denny kind of already answered this earlier was does Russell Wilson have streamer juice? Uh, he's exceeded 200 yards one time in his past seven games. But the Texans are a very, very Once good. 200? Yes, once 200. Oh, my God. Not a misprint. But the Texans can are he, a good spot. Can we run the tapes on me touting Russ? <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, he's, he's right? touting Russ. I thought it was Denny touting Russ. Sorry. So does Russ have any stream reducing against the Houston Texans? Who wants to field this one, Kyle or Denny?
3: Yeah, I mean, the Texans are just outside the top 20 in EPA per dropback allowed. They've given up the seventh most passing uh, fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks. Russ has been modestly efficient, mostly just like touchdowns, not really like great in CPOE or EPA per play. So, but it's like a, a pretty bad week and it's a, should be an exciting game. It's probably the fourth or so highest total, I think. So yeah, he's a streamer option. I don't know if he's the number one option, but when I'm writing up, you know, at this point we've really churned the wire pretty much yeah. to death at quarterback. He's hovering around 50%. He, I'm there are plenty of leagues where he's the best option. It's either him or Gardner Minshew and I I for him to Minshew, but I it's yeah. not like please don't catch me going to bat for him this hard. All right. There's Minshew's little, fine too.
1: There's a the man by the name of Kenneth Pickett, Kyle. Um,
3: no, okay. Let's not carry it away here. It's also a man
1: I'm just uh, that, this was this was just handed to me. So someone handed me this note. I'm just reading it. There's also a man named Bryce Young. Basically, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. no, no, no,
3: no, no. What?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I just had to get your reaction. Uh, look,
2: uh, I do want to say Russell Wilson is doing Russell things. He leads the league in touchdown rate. He's getting away with it in ways that drive the nerds crazy, um, including me. So you know, if he continues to do that, that's great. Also, this game, this Texans Broncos game. It started at 44, the total. It's up to 47 and a half, so
1: something's happening. File under things you love to see. Real quick, either of you have an opinion on what effect would Noah Brown's return have? We don't know if he's actually returned yet from his knee injury. It's kind of trending that direction, though. It seems like Tank Dell has like leveled up during Noah Brown's absence. Mm-hmm. Nico Collins is just a better boundary receiver than Noah Brown, but would he steal enough snaps, enough touches to make life complicated for Tank Dell and Nico Collins?
2: I think a little bit. I mean, he, he wouldn't be a, a, a non factor. Um, I think it, it takes the maybe it maybe caps the upside of of both Nico Collins, who has led the team in targets over the past two weeks, and Tank Dow.
3: are you gonna say anything?
4: <laughs> I, I think the hope on? is they pull
3: Robert Woods off because Robert Woods has clearly been the team's third best receiver and not it's not a trio. He is by far and that's with the setup they have right now. That's not including Noah Brown, he's the fourth with Noah Brown also with a big gap after him or after Noah Brown to him. So the hope will be that they run what is almost certainly their optimal three wide setup. That's the hope though. I don't know. We saw in like the first game, Tank Dell ran like less than half of the, uh, less than half the routes. So no guarantees, but if they are smart, and they've generally, I mean, they're crushing it with a setup that really wasn't supposed to work in year one. Hopefully be, they do the smart thing, mostly just play Noah Brown over Robert Woods.
2: Uh, Dalton Schultz, by the way, Crazy bad usage last week. Uh, ran half the routes, is splitting us with Brevin Jordan. Yes, he he he's.
3: I, I think he's hurt, he hasn't been practicing this week so far. I don't know if we're gonna see him. The Broncos so, allow the most
1: fantasy receiver points to tight ends. Um, oh, excuse me, If, if they allow the <laughs> most tight end fantasy points. Me digging be. up my 80 man roster, dynasty yeah. league, like, oh, Brevin uh, Jordan's gotta be on one of these. All right,
2: yeah. hey, no, listen, hey. That is a great thing. I'm all aboard the Brevin Jordan train now.
1: Oh, man, this is going downhill really fast. This is normally be like the final 10 minutes of the podcast for Brevin Jordan.
3: (laughs) The Atlanta Falcons. Sorry, to be clear, I just wanted to. uh, Dalton Schultz did not practice, I believe, on Wednesday, or we don't have him practicing on Thursday as well. Brevin Jordan, I know the floor on DraftKings is twenty five hundred for tight ends. Brevin Jordan's got to be like two dollars, two actual dollars, <laughs> <laughs> or you know, twelve hundred times less, not dollars, times yeah, less. they actually give you a thousand if you play Brevin. Jordan. Exactly. There's a rebate system for playing Brevin Jordan.
1: You mail two American dollars to the DraftKings headquarters, and they give you a thousand dollar rebate. And then you play Brevin Jordan, and then you lose, so everyone wins. I have no idea if that makes any sense. <laughs> Atlanta Falcons are boarding one of 40 daily Delta Airlines flights from Atlanta Hartsfield to LaGuardia to take on the New York Jets as three point road favorites for a ghastly total 33 and a half point showdown. Kyle, the Falcons have committed to Bajan Robinson, but could the passing attack struggle so mightily against the Jets this week that it torpedoes the Falcons' entire offense?
3: I mean, the passing attack has struggled most weeks. I don't know if you've watched a single Falcons game, it typically doesn't go well for the passing attack. Nah, and, but it still hasn't stopped Bajon from getting five RB1 PPR performances and another four RB2 performances because they use him through the air so much, uh, despite not really scoring many touchdowns. So I'm not really concerned. And this is the ultimate run spot. The Jets are almost the heaviest run funnel team in the NFL. Of course, Falcons are pouring it in that funnel. They are the pass- They are the run heaviest offense. So it's, you know, a match made in heaven in terms of what the Falcons want to do and what teams historically have done against the Jets even if the passing attack definitely isn't going to be, you know, doing any favors in scaring the Jets defense. We're getting probably 20 touches for Bajon and probably like 12 for Algier.
1: Wow. Yeah. Denny's God's like, I'm logging back on.
3: Yes. Yes. (laughs) We have
2: found my God and it's Tyler Algier seeing 12 carries in the fourth quarter of a blowout (laughs) against the
1: Jets. Your God has rejoined the group chat. That's yeah. that's very good to hear. Good things happen to good people. Denny, what do we make of the Jets complaining about Brees Hall bouncing every run to the outside? Kind of publicly challenging Brees Hall this week ahead of a matchup with the Falcons.
2: Yeah, well, I you know, it, it is something that I saw on on the the film the film guys had have been saying this. Like Brees is trying to make every single run a 50 yard touchdown and it's just it's not crazy working. that he
3: does it that often still it's like oh man i can't believe this guy keeps <laughs> swinging for the fences i know he hits a home run all the time but maybe right. maybe take a single every now and then like <laughs> imagine telling aaron judge like i know you just set the home run record but like what if yeah. you got on base more often hit right. rocks exactly. man
2: yeah uh, no i and i, I get it. and you know what that's the zoomer uh that, that's the zoomer opinion on this i say get get the hard fought yards all right that every millennial should uh, eight eight percent of Brees Hall's runs have been over ten yards this season. That's way down from twenty percent in twenty twenty two. So he's trying to hit you know hit the big one every time. Uh I, I think the main issue is that the Jets remain weirdly pass heavy, and and I mean even when you look at like over expected numbers, right? Um, and then they are also pass heavy in the red zone. Brees Hall, Brees Hall has five. Green Zone rushing attempts on the season five. What is that? Actually, no clue. I mean, what, how can that be? How can that be five inside well, the
1: ten? That's shocking. So
2: yeah. anyway, it's it. His fantasy prospect. He he. It's a, he's a very like volatile, sensitive sort of play. Like if things don't break just right, it's not happening for Brees Hall. This game scares me honestly.
1: The Jets are the one team I just don't understand. Why do they just not start a drive and, like, listen, I don't care what happens? We're doing six straight Brees Hall carries and just seeing what happens. Like, uh, they're like the one team that desperately just needs to try that approach. And yeah, they're they're not doing that. that. They are definitely not doing that. They're watching Tim Boyle like redefine what it means to be an interception thrower. Uh, (laughs) Is there any hope for either Garrett Wilson or Drake Lennon in this game? Or do we, do we fear to tread? And yeah. And we number 2-3 land here.
2: Garrett Wilson, yes. You're starting him, I think, pretty confidently. Jake London might have to get it done on, like, three targets here.
1: <laughs> Man, so we're confidently Garrett Wilson, huh? I wasn't sure I pl- planned to hear confidently for Garrett
3: Wilson. I mean, he had, like, 25% of targets over half the air yards last week. And, right. like – Tim Boyle's worse than Zach Wilson, but we are splitting He's
1: considerably worse. I don't know if it's splitting hairs. I think he's considerably worse than Zach Wilson. I really do. Tim Boyle might be the worst player to take a snap this century. Like, he is that bad. (laughs) He was that bad for the Lions? Like, it's insane.
3: He was that bad for UConn? (laughs) exactly. (laughs) Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. Um, It's pretty bad. Miami Dolphins are rubbing up against being ten-point home favorites against the Commanders in a game rubbing up against the fifty total. Denny, is this finally the two a smash spot we've been waiting for after a month of mediocre fantasy returns due to really wonky game scripts?
2: I mean it. It definitely seems like a spot to smash. the The Washington secondary is a disaster. They recently fired the the you know obviously the defensive coordinator the secondaries co- the defensive backs coach. It's just they they don't have any chance of stopping the Dolphins here. I guess weird game script could could get in the way here. Um, but yeah, anyway you cut it, Washington's bo- uh, bottom tier secondary. They are a top ten pass funnel on, on the season. Uh, they are a pass funnel over the past month. And you know as far as touchdowns go, uh, I think I think Tua has a path to. Multiple touchdowns here. I know that's that's a very bold thing to say mm-hmm. against the Commanders, but Miami uh, is sixth in pass rate over expected in the red zone. So uh, let's let's just hope let's just hope he he gets there before this game gets uh, gets weird.
1: Yeah, please please, this Kyle, say the line. It's a Giga Ultra Smash Spot. <laughs> Giga
3: Ultra Nuclear Smash Spot.
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> I had a, a second wave laugh. But I wasn't expecting.
2: <laughs> I, I mean I like anytime Kyle says gigas, and whenever the, Giga
1: whenever Giga makes I, me feel extremely old. Yeah. It also makes me feel extremely alive. <laughs>
4: uh. <laughs> so uh,
1: uh. please just make it a Giga Smash to uh uh where are we at? Kyle <laughs> what's going on with this dolphins backfield though if Devin H chan returns. I've been confidently ranking Raheem Moster to have a head of Devin Achan this week. Not really expecting the pre-injury dynamic we saw to return. Is that a good or bad opinion?
3: I mean, all we have to go on this is purely vibes, but we saw a come back immediately get hurt. You have to think that with this team eyeing a playoff run and almost- I mean, they're nearly 10-point favorites, probably blowing out this commander's team. There's no reason for them, assuming Achan is back, to give him 10 carries, like they don't need to do that. I still think on 10 carries versus a Washington defense with a giant implied team total, uh, for the Dolphins, that is obviously you're still playing him, but it's like you could get three carries for 50 scoreless yards and that's five fantasy points, or you could get nine for 180 and two. That's the variance you're willing to embrace, but this is a spot where until we see the role, probably ranking him like. RB 20s, somewhere in the 20s yeah, there. Yeah. And M- yeah. Mostert's still comfortably as an RB 1, whereas when in the previous iteration of this backfield, it was like A-Chan as RB 9 and Mostert as like 15 or something.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was A-Chan really up to like 4 or 5, that final week or two. And I have Mostert as the RB 10. I think I have A-Chan as like the RB 19. So yep, total, total right. alignment with you there. Denny, anything – I don't know. I wrote tangible – any trends, anything noteworthy going on with these Commanders pass catchers? It just feels totally random to me every week. Who's going to get 11 targets that week for the
2: Commanders? Well, look, uh, Curtis Samuel is fully back as the scam that we know and love. I mean, uh, like 11 targets, I think, against the Cowboys this past week. Um, it'll be negative game script again here. So Curtis Samuel is like, in PPR, Like you you kind of got to find a way to get him in your lineup. I is that too much? Am no, I? No, am no, no. I'm just
1: saying. Denny's yeah. just, Denny just tells the truth. You I, might not I, like it. He just tells
2: the truth. Yeah. I mean, like, I don't want to say. it. I don't want to be like jam Curtis Samuel. But like, well, I, I've got some stuff you will not
3: want to hear, Curtis. You don't Samuel want to say Curtis Logan Samuel
1: is the key to the entire Week 13 slate. I mean, you know,
3: go ahead. Curtis Kyle. Samuel and Logan Thomas have more 20 point, 20 PPR point games than Terry McLaurin this week. Jahan Dotson and Curtis Samuel, <laughs> Samuel have more 100 yard games than <laughs> Terry McLaurin <laughs> this oh. season. Dear god. Uh yeah, yeah. Is Terry McLaurin
1: good.
2: Uh I mean, look, he's not a number 1. That that that's the problem is that he should be the number 2 receiver, a really good number 2 behind an alpha. He's not he's not that at all. I will say I wrote him up in the re- regression files in the positive section of the article because uh, no receiver has run colder over the past month that Terry McLaurin saying over the like past
1: a- half decade, but yeah, <laughs> I, 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 know,
3: I know. Yeah. When you consider the quarterback play he has been working with all of his life running extremely, right. cold. He's on yeah. pace for his like worst year by yards per game mm-hmm. by a pretty easy margin. And that's with his quarterback on pace for like the six most past attempts in a season in NFL history. It's insane. <laughs> Yeah, wow. uh, <laughs> I think that is true. I'm pretty sure I saw like Hayden Winks. He'll pace. feels all too true.
2: Yeah. McLaurin has 38% uh, air yard share uh, in, in this offense. He had 42% last week. So, hey, we, we're getting those prairie yards. Uh, I think you can kind of sort of hope that he cashes them in against Miami.
1: Terry McLaurin literally sang the Hail Mary on the field. I mean, I,
2: I, I will. I have him on a couple important teams, folks, and I need, I need Scary Terry to come through.
1: <laughs> Scary Terry, seek higher power, seek help. help. The Rams and Browns are both awaiting word on Miles Garrett's health, but in the meantime, the Rams are roughly three and a half point home favorites against the Browns team that could be starting Joe Flacco. It seems like they will be starting Joe Flacco. Kyle, would that be a net positive for the Browns pass catchers? Because we know. Danny and I talked about this in Galaxy Range. Joe Flacco shows up. He throws 50 passes. He goes home. Uh, it's kind of like the cycle. But is mm-hmm. he too old, too immobile for this to even be a positive at this point?
3: It's possible. But please, God, we need to find out. We do. Because, <laughs> we the, do. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> <laughs> Dorian Thompson Robinson, or I guess PJ Walker, has been nearly the worst quarterback in the NFL by both EPA for dropback and completion percent expected. And then you look at who's the worst, and it's DTR. Like, these are just two of the weaker quarterback starters we've seen in the NFL this year. Maybe Joe Flacco's worse. He's, I think, about to be 39. I think he's 38 right now. It's like 3-13 and 13 over the past four years because he hasn't started that many games over the past four years. Uh, but there's nowhere to go but laterally, as in he's old and just not able to do it, which that's fine, I guess, or up because he's a maybe NFL caliber, like, you know, 32 caliber quarterback. We need to find out, and I think this does give me some hope. I mean, it's definitely a reason to hope.
1: Joe Flacco is 3-14 and 14 since 2019 14? in terms of QB win-loss, by the way. so
2: Yeah, but that wasn't his fault.
1: It was not his fault. Someone's um, – Kyle's uh, in a fire. <laughs> <laughs>
2: we're, we're, we're praying for Kyle. Yeah. Uh, Looking
1: I, very powerfully into it.
2: Okay, listen. You know what this means. Okay, so last year where uh, when Joe Flacco started for the Jets, uh, he was checking down at such a rate – that both Michael Carter and Brees Hall were getting there for, for PPR purposes. It was that many checkdowns. David Njoku has double digit targets locked in. He does. Week, okay. He does. I mean, locked in 10. Okay. He has 20 in the range of outcomes. That's what I'll say.
1: Uh, well, I'll say, by the way, check out Galaxy Brains if you're wondering about Joe Flacco's motivations for doing this and what he, is, what he is giving up for one last job. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Denny. Then he gets into the thick of it on Galaxy brains. Danny, how concerned are we that the Rams might go super run heavy in this game and just render Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua unpredictable wide receiver twos?
2: I'm very worried about that because uh, the Browns are the most extreme run funnel in the league, and no. honestly, they're not they're not a great rush defense. Uh, I, I, they're really, you know, obviously elite at defending the pass. And the Rams have showed a willingness to really establish it. I, I do think that the Rams, like I think Sean McVay clearly sees the Rams' only path to the postseason, and they're still in it somehow. They're still in the hunt. They're okay. in every
1: in the hunt graphic.
2: Okay, they're, 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 that Rams helmet is in that is in the hunt. The hunting.
1: It's, it's, Denny turns on his his ESPN afternoon stories, and they put up <laughs> in, in the hunt graphic, and there the Rams are.
2: Stories. Oh my God! It sounds like my great grandfather. That's what
1: I was going for.
2: Uh, wow. Uh, so so I, I do think that McVeigh sees his only chance at the playoffs at, at just being very conservative, hiding Stafford, running with Kyron Williams. Uh, it's another great spot for Kyron, uh, and so that 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 really lops off a lot of the pass volume, the target volume for Nakua and Cup. Um, I think they go from you know how uh, you know I guess folks are ranking them as, like, both top 12, top 15 uh, a while back. Now I guess it's more like top, like, 25, maybe.
1: Yeah, and it, before it was Cup who had the advantage. I think now we rank Nakua ahead of Cup. Just Do we – Cup proves he's not a decoy or he's not going to immediately re-injure his ankle if he's playing, like, every snap. Um, but, yeah, it's a, it's a volatile – I wish we knew Had of – Kyle, what's the read of Miles Garrett? Is, is, he, is he leaning in or is he leaning out?
3: They called him day to day, and I feel like as long as you're not a wide receiver, like dudes, uh, dudes in the trenches play through day to day. That's they what usually I do.
1: They do usually play through day to. He he had already yeah. vowed to play. I think that was before he got an MRI, <laughs> but which is usually kind of the MRI can be kind of a tough scene um, after you vow to play. But we'll see. Miles Garrett looms extremely large over this game. Either of you have anything on the Browns' backfield where Jerome Ford is cannot? He's the one A, but he can't like break free for what we. But you'd call like a true like chairmanship of the committee. Uh, any reason to expect things to change?
3: I mean, he's dominating the work right now. He's averaging something close, just shy of like 20 touches per game over yeah. the past four yeah, games. That
1: high. I would have guessed it was like 15, which is still, yep. Now nah,
3: he is, he's crushing it outside of one. They don't get the goal near the goal line. Cause they're bad. And two, the very few times they have hunt has still been in there, but it's so hard to tell if that's a meaningful trend or literally they have have, two goal line carries over the past month. And they just coincidentally went to Kareem Hunt. Had they gotten there more often? Maybe those go to Ford, but he's touching the ball so much. And as Denny pointed out, Joe Flacco might just be a check down artist at this point. He's running all the routes that like the PPR floor in terms of just catches plus carries and the yards he gets on those carries is really high, like RB two plus high. If the offense like has a little bit of juice, just a little bit of juice under Joe Flacco, like that's what we need from a guy who's playing a near three down role.
1: Flacco, I mean, I had Amari Cooper outside the top 30 pretty confidently. Like for the one day this week where I thought it was going to be DTR, I think mm-hmm. I've kind of crept him back almost in the top 30. I might creep Elijah Moore into the top 36 because, like you guys mentioned, his checkdown tendencies. Is that an overreaction to potential Flacco? Who, again, yeah. at 3-14. Yeah, no, side. I, I mm-hmm. think the
2: the, the checkdown thing uh, is, is bad for Cooper. It's probably not great for more either. I, I think that it's Njoku and it's Ford primarily.
1: Well, yeah, I am I actually don't know where I'm going to end up with them in my rankings. That's a tough one we're dealing with heading into the weekend. The Jacksonville Jaguars are catching eight points at home versus what we can really only call a collapsed Bengals team, Denny. Uh, so just lay it on us. The only thing we care about in this game, is it real? Calvin Ridley, the return, the dominance, the 589-1 after halftime last week after donating in the first half.
2: Is right. And dropped the touchdown, as you mentioned. 30-yard
1: touchdown. I wasn't counting. Yeah,
2: didn't cry on that one.
1: Uh, (laughs) No, I didn't. I was not – literally, I shut a bank examiner's foot in my door. (laughs) And he he got really hurt. That allowed me to close the door.
2: You play in some weird best ball leagues. I know. No, I know.
1: know. Sorry. Uh, Uh, So,
2: yeah, over the past two games, uh, Ridley leads the team 36%. Air yards, 22% target share over over that span – Christian Kirk is actually third on the team in both of those categories behind Evan Ingram and Ridley. Uh, look, uh, when Zay Jones is on the field, it's Ridley season and it's definitely not Kirk season. Okay. So uh, I think, I, yeah, I think Ridley, I think that the the different sort of routes he, they have him running uh, the lack of press coverage that he was seeing earlier in the season. I think that all says that it, it is real. I think that, I think Ridley could be a big difference maker down the stretch for fantasy. I know you struggled with him for, for a long time here. It seems like I know you're years. in
3: ninth place now, so it doesn't matter too much, but
2: <laughs> but, you, but Ridley could get you to seventh, Kyle. is that? Mm-hmm. Is, this is my he,
1: Ridley is going to blow up consolation brackets. Oh,
2: you don't even know. Consolation brackets up. are going to be destroyed.
1: <laughs> Blow up your consolation bracket with this one weird trick. <laughs> uh, have Calvin Ridley be good for the games that do not matter in fantasy. But, by the way, though, the matchup for Calvin Ridley, I mean, the Bengals are absolutely hemorrhaging chunk yeah. gains, correct? Uh, haven't haven't they just like, kind of totally fallen apart on defense over the past few weeks?
2: They're gi- giving up uh, third third highest completion rate over expected over the past month. Um, just everything says that quarterbacks are just getting whatever they want. I mean, yeah, you talk about a smash spot, a giga spot, smashing all that <laughs> stuff. Trevor Lawrence is in one.
1: Yeah. Cause Lou Anarumo, one of the best defensive coordinators in the league, but almost always not coincidentally in the second half when the Bengals are playing with a lead and you can start doing some weird stuff to yes. offenses. Those situations are gone for the Mingles defense. Right. How, how much do we read in the Mingles saying they want to get Chase Brown more involved? So I wrote in my rankings article this week, like, how how does the post-Joe Burrow, Joe Mixon environment look? I said, well, may, maybe not a great sign that when they asked uh, Zach Taylor about him, Monday, he's like, we got to get Chase Brown more <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like
3: – <laughs> Do we care? They're one of the worst offenses in the NFL, and Joe Mixon was generally middling to below average in efficiency when they had a respectable quarterback as far as defenses are concerned under center. Maybe this makes you move Mixon from, like, RB 25 to 29, but also, like, Chase Brown has never had more than one touch in a game this year and has played way, way, way more special teams than he has offense who cares Uh, you're not playing chase brown but you probably shouldn't have been playing joe mixon you know you're in your consolation bracket for sure if you're still playing joe mixon
1: (laughs) wow that's i feel like he was a little better than that
3: he's actually not well he wasn't great but he wasn't terrible but the problem is scoring a little more the
1: past few weeks but yeah where where, where do you have
2: uh mixon rank guys
1: it's like, I had him right on the two, three borderline at like 24, 25. I have moved him down to more of the zone. Kyle saw my like RB 28.
3: Yeah. Right. That makes sense. I yeah. I think I had him 25 or six, but I'll have to check. I have him once. Man. I, don't know, I got him ahead of James Connor. Does
1: that seem right?
3: <laughs> That's like a very similar archetype though, that they're like not hyper efficient. Connor's a bit more efficient, but runs fewer routes. Mixon runs more routes, but is not, not as been as good and they're on terrible offenses. I mean, Vegas has a lower implied team total on the Cardinals than it does yeah. on, on the Browns, for instance, who are starting Joe Flacco. Wow. Man. Um, final one, Joe Mixon at the Jaguars
1: or A.J. Dillon versus the Chiefs? Dillon. Dillon. Oh, man, Dillon's the worst running back in the NFL. Let's just be I, real. I, think that's, I think that's right.
2: I think that's right. But also, the environment is just way better. <laughs> it's...
1: True, Pat true. He is the worst, but and you are also correct, I think probably. I'm yeah, no. Get,
2: AJ Dillon had a dream. AJ it? Dillon, yeah, no. He is uh, I I think I posted the other day like hands down I think that he is probably the single worst not just starting running back, like the worst running back.
1: Yeah, game. it hasn't worked. And they're going to they're it's going to give it four more years to find the, out if this, is AJ this
2: offense is way better with Patrick Taylor at running back than than AJ Dillon.
1: I think they're starting to realize that too. Patrick Taylor got hurt. Uh, he's yeah. he's healthy, though, and he is playing this week. We'll see. Quickly on this game, is it just over for Jamar Chase? T. Higgins has also resumed practicing after a really lengthy absence. With Was it his hamstring again recently? Yes. He's practicing again. Jamar Chase, quote, got home last week, but it required a super fluky 30-yard yeah, right, reception. Right. He did not score a touchdown. How how serious is the concern for Jamar Chase with Jake Browning under center?
3: Wasn't Chase last week like four or five for 80? That's he like was, a, but 30, thirty thirty of those yards was on a super fluke. I think no. I will. I, I was gonna say get home, very, get home is a very get home is a very positive spin yeah. on thirteen PPR points for a guy who I drafted second overall
1: everywhere. Yards, you know, that's what you were expecting, right? not when
3: I drafted him? Not in August. Now it's what the now it's the hope. But like, I think the point. I'm agreeing with you in a roundabout way. Is the point is getting home nowadays is getting saved to thirteen PPR points by a 30 yard flute catch. Oh my God. Can you explain the flute catch? Cause I remember it now. Go ahead.
1: No, I want you to explain it actually. Cause I had only vague memory. It like hit off someone's face and like,
3: yeah, it was just, I don't know if it was hit off someone's face, but it was just a tip pass that, I mean, probably closer to an interception than a catch that ends up uh, in Chase's hands in space. And he goes long with it. Not obviously not a touchdown, but obviously, obviously. it could have been an interception and it ends up a long uh, chase gain. So, I don't know if it's over over for Chase, but another guy. Like, I mean, it's the Bengals. I joke about them as like, have fun your consolation bracket. You might have, you probably did, maybe make the playoffs with Bengals on your roster, but like, luck of the draw is these guys are far less valuable as fantasy producers with Jake Browning on their center. So Tegan's even in the top thirty six. No, definitely not in his first game back. I mean, maybe he like gets two thirty six when we know he runs all the routes and we see him get targeted, but in his first game back, no.
1: Yikes! Yeah, imagine telling that to all of our August selves would be. Yeah, they right. like, "Well, yeah, we knew something would go horribly wrong." Well,
2: look, <laughs> uh, I'm not going to say that Joe Burrow is injury prone, but uh, Joe <laughs> Joe Burrow's proneness to injury uh, kept me off of some bangles. Uh, this wow.
1: summer, so. so you're saying this is totally normal for your wrist ligament to snap in the middle? No, it snapped on the previous play. I mean, just, I, I look, like, I
2: don't <laughs> know, but all, all I know is that he's always hurt. Wow. That's pretty That's bleak. I mean, he's a tough dude. He, he's a, he is extremely tough. I don't, know,
1: I, don't, I, don't want, I don't want him to be injury prone. That's very sad. No,
3: me neither. No, no, no. At very sad. We, we... Hey, producer Adam, can we clip the part where Danny goes, Yeah, he's got a weak constitution. His body's frail. He shouldn't be in the NFL. He's a tough dude. No, i wrong. He's, he's a tough dude. But uh, I'm just saying, I've held up roughly as many seasons as he
1: Right. <laughs> but he's tough. Got to him. He really no bit. He is very tough, and I know you. I think we all believe that. But it's very sad that he's out, and our fantasy teams are weeping. The Chiefs are six-point road favorites against the hot-streaking Green, Green Bay Packers. Denny Jordan Love is playing the best football of his young career. Any chance it's Jover for you who have declared you have declared Jordan Love is not an NFL quarterback on five to six different occasions, frequently in public on Twitter, on Blue Sky, on the podcast. Um, where's your God now? I, Is Jordan Love actually good?
2: Look, I saw this in the notes pad, and I feel like either we have you are mistaking me for Kyle, or mistaking me for yourself.
1: No, I don't no, 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 no. That is not. No, no. Well, no, no, no. Hold on. I declared him. I think I said he wouldn't be a starter in 2024. <laughs> okay. Well, then maybe, maybe there's
3: a mirror effect going on.
1: Oh, here. Denny liked him. That's right. I was trying to see my Denny, horrible Didn't self you point out him. that he was like
3: dead last in CPOE as of like three weeks ago?
1: No, no, no. no. Uh,
2: listen, I headed into the season. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, he's going to be real good. That's right, and then. Okay the numbers have been horrific. So I have, I have since disowned him, but now I'm embracing him again.
3: I'm back to embracing him too. I'm also (laughs) in on him. He's like, he's like, I think 12th or 11th in EPA per play. He had his his best game of his career, like three weeks in a row. Yeah. And he, he's just been so streaky. Like the beginning of the year, he had like six or seven touchdowns with one interception, three games. Then he did the thing uh, that we were afraid of and imploded. Now he's put the pieces back together again and like one, maybe he's like poach streaky, but two, that's kind of just what variance looks like, especially for probably a high variance player. Also like not to be a film bro. You watch him like he looks fine. He, he's slinging out there. He throws some pretty nice tight window throws. Well, it's weird. But the film on Jordan Love, because
1: I think that's why some people so confidently kind of declared him done or like not a legitimate prospect because he makes some crazy tight window throws and then it's really inaccurate. And, not like the strongest arm. His arm has looked stronger since he's been more confident and he's been attempting more difficult throws. But he, he, he's just kind of an enigma, but an enigma who's playing by far the best football of his career. Yeah. But a really, really tough matchup now in the Chiefs.
2: Right. The, the Chiefs, yeah, unfortunately, are a really, really difficult matchup. I mean, just to give you an idea about how, uh, how well Jordan Love is playing. So over the past three weeks, Jordan Love is, has been graded by PFF uh, as the the sixth best best passer in the league, um, and uh, you know that's that's not bad. Uh, so yeah, I think that you can you can probably start him. I mean, it's a tough week with buys and everything. So i got him inside I mean, the top. We're talking.
3: Roto Pat brought in uh, invoked the name of Bryce Young as a potential stream. Yeah, you are right. Right.
1: right. Someone handed me a cue card that said I had to do it. I'll, well i'm sorry you're being held hostage in that case yeah, yeah. Um, well, we' got producers in here i mean they, they well, i think they drive rating they were trying to get me to get you to bury him that's always very good for the ratings yes. for ratings yeah
2: we love our ratings uh right, Bryce. so that well just 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 for the the record here about the Packers' offense recently um uh they have been three percent over their expected dropback rate over the past uh two weeks which is significantly higher than it was before that. So they seem to be trusting Jordan Love more and his a dot is up. So I, I think that there is some level of like, okay, we're going to stop trying to hide our quarterback and let him do his thing. Whether that works against a really good Kansas city secondary. I don't know.
1: Well, yeah, their season was really on the ropes too. They had to try something different. Yes, yes. It seemed like they kind of just opened up the offense bit to finally to see just what he could do. And it turns out he could do more than, what we thought, but even than what the Packers thought, Mm -hmm. at least earlier this season. Speaking of the Packers passing attack, Kyle, is Christian Watson again? The Packers' priority wide out. He's finally converting his goal line targets into touchdowns. He had a big play against the the Lions on Thanksgiving Day. had almost 100 yards. It's a tough receiver core to predict. But are we ranking Christian Watson firmly ahead of Jaden Reed and Romeo Dobbs again?
3: Yeah, I mean, probably always should have been ranking him there in that on average, he will score more fantasy points. And uh, on median, he won't because he's got an 18 ADOT. That's insane. He's got one of the highest ADOTs of any receiver. And also a ton of his deep targets have been contested, and he's not really a contested catch guy. So, And he's seen a ton of end zone targets, which are great. Those lead to touchdowns got to catch him. He hasn't caught them all until recently. So he is like up there with Calvin Ridley for the highest variance receivers you can possibly dream of. But that also means a really high ceiling. And especially as Jordan Love plays better, start to get a little more confident in Christian Watson. So I, I think we're ranking him ahead. You'll probably take your lumps, but there will be ceiling games for sure. Whereas a few weeks ago, I was a little skeptical we'd ever see a ceiling game, but I think we've stabilized.
1: We probably won't see one against the chiefs. It's like the caveat we need to put out there. This is just a really tough defense. It's yeah. The chiefs have to stop playing such good defense. Yeah. It would be great. <laughs> they refuse to do that, but they're not playing that great of offense. Denny Petro Holmes is doing everything he can to put the team on his back. Rasheed rice finally tried to help him out. Even though he had two really bad drops. Rasheed rice had what you might call a breakout performance, uh, but anything interesting going on with the chiefs receivers beyond that, and is that transferable for Rishi Rice? I think it's a fairly tough Packers defense. Yeah.
2: The, the Rice is still really, he doesn't have the route rate that we're looking for. 66% of the routes in week 12 against the Raiders, you know, that's fine, but it's definitely, if it were in the 80 or 90% range, I would be way more excited uh, for, you know, his ability to sustain this sort of production. Also, uh, we had, uh, let's see, McCall Hardman out. We had Kadarius Toney out. We had Sky Moore with his knee wrapped on the sideline at one point. Um, so it seemed like Rasheed Rice and Justin Watson, and I guess MVS to an extent, were the only guys out there on a regular basis. Um, you know, he ran really hot, Rasheed Rice did last week against Vegas, 42%. He was targeted on 42% of his routes. Uh, obviously, that's way above his his season-long uh, rate. Um, and if you if you look at like his um his expected fantasy points, like ah, I you know they're in the range of like Robert Woods and Tutu Atwell. Um, he's good. He's good. Mahomes. He's is really, really good. good. Okay. Uh, I just I get a little hesitant about saying you just you gotta pay him as like a wide receiver too. You know? Yeah, yeah I mean, we've a, done
3: this before. We saw, like, the first two weeks his route rate spiked. He got in the end zone, got a little more target share, and we're like, oh, has he finally arrived? And they scaled the routes back because that's just what they've been doing with him all year. I think you're probably playing him this week because he seems, yeah. he's definitely the best receiver on the season. He's, he's a wide receiver three this
1: week, but yeah, he's one where a rug pull is quite a possible outcome.
2: I, I, you know, th- there is a possibility. The Chiefs are a very unserious regular season team. They're, 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 they're just, they just trying to... You know, the they're, like an NBA, they're, the they're like an NBA team just trying to get into the postseason. Um, and I, I do think that in the coming weeks, we might see a Chiefs team that's trying to, like, nail down their pass-catching rotation. And so that could mean more uh, routes and and more opportunity for Rasheed Rice.
1: Hey, man, they really are. The Chiefs really are happy to announce they've just won the first
3: in-season tournament. Yeah, right. <laughs> right.
1: I, that joke didn't even make any sense because we were
3: saying they don't take the regular season. I was going to say the Chiefs would be the team that like loses to the Hornets <laughs> yeah. in their whatever the like opening round of the whatever tournament.
1: The Chiefs to let Rudy Gobert score thirty eight points on them. <laughs> um, no offense to Rudy Gobert. Um, no, it was a great. It was a. It was a great trade. It was a great trade. In Minnesota. Uh, the Chargers are six point road favorites against an absolutely flailing Patriots squad. Kyle, what might we expect from Justin Herbert and the Bolts' passing attack this week? They've been kind of struggling amidst their personnel issues.
3: Lots of short passes, just like we saw last year when they bled talent in terms of injuries. They just couldn't keep everyone healthy. Uh, Shocker, it happens to them every year. It's happening to them again. And we've seen uh, Justin Herbert's ADOT just completely plummet by about two yards, dropping him from like a top five player in terms of his target depth to like outside the top 20 ever since they lost Josh Palmer. So it actually hasn't been terrible for the offense. He's top 10 in EPA per play. He's got a solid PFF passing grade, but it just means this is once again, the PPR team. And as far as like their actual win games prospects, it goes down now that they're not throwing deep often as often as they used to or successfully, but we still know who we're starting and starting them as like Austin Eckler, RB one more so based on role at this point, but it's a good one. And Keenan Allen legitimately very good wide receiver one. Danny on the other side, we don't know who the Patriots' quarterback's gonna be.
1: Yeah, we know it makes no difference whatsoever. Uh, check out Galaxy Brains though on what it could mean um, that the Patriots refused to announce yeah. their starting quarterback. What is the Mindry Stevenson outlook? He's finally getting the volume we expected. It didn't make sense. He's been should have been twenty carries, twenty five touches all season long. With how bad these quarterbacks are, how bad the Patriots' receiving personnel is. But what is his outlook against a Chargers defense that's really bad overall? was horrible against the run last year is worse against the past. This year Is tightened up against a, a bit against the run. Mm-hmm. What is the Stevenson week 13 outlook?
2: See, all of Stevenson's rushing metrics are down bad uh, this year. Like um, I mean, real, real tough with looking at like year over year stuff. So, you know, I, I don't really think we can, we can count or bank on him being efficient. Now I, the Avenue, for his fantasy relevance is through the past game. But the thing is like last week, he only ran 55% of the routes. I, he, he was targeted six times. He caught all six or I'm sorry, five of five. Anyway, uh, I, I you know, he, I think he's a decent floor option. um, And I guess maybe an RB three, but like Zeke's not going away. Uh, I don't know. I, I know. I also,
1: he's in the I mean, top 20 this week. I will say in reminder, Stevenson kind 20. of just, I don't think this, the yeah. Chargers can really blow them out. I think we have finally seen a volume. We've seen a volume of commitment to the entire Patriots. That,
2: you know, play. that's Especially true. 100. That's true about the – the the Chargers can't blow out anyone, so <laughs> that, that's, that's right. It's insane. It's
3: okay. crazy that when the Chargers signed a contract for their new stadium, they got that every one of their games has to be within three points with two minutes left on the clock. So, no, they can't blow out anyone.
0: And, uh, I will say –
3: it was a bad clause. I understand that they needed needed being kind of a loose turn the money, but man, it is crazy that they snuck that one in there, especially <laughs> to not have the most fans in their stadiums. I will or say you have in,
1: any fans in their stadium.
3: <laughs> yeah, I don't want to go that far, but it's not wrong. I will say Stevenson coming off of a season high in snap share, a season high in carry share and still strong route rates. They're definitely doing away with the Zeke thing. Are they cutting them out of the lineup? No, they'll never do that. We'll never be that lucky but we're trending in the right direction with Stevenson. Offense is probably bad. He's not going to get in the end zone very much, but it's not bad. Is it Jover for Eckler?
1: Eckler not catching as many passes as we need him to. Really inefficient on the ground. Suddenly can't stop fumbling. He's, of course, looking slow. Uh, But, I mean, I don't know. And then On the other hand, how do you keep him out of the top 12 against the Patriots? What, what was the Austin Eckler temperature in this room right just now? Just
2: touches. Just touches.
3: I mean, I mean, he's still getting a lot of targets. He's not doing like the 12 target thing, but over the past five games, he's averaging six targets a game. That'd be near, if not highest in the NFL over the full course of a season, plus 14 carries per game. But as you pointed out, these are volume numbers. They help for our fantasy points, but efficiency-wise, he's not the Eckler where we've been used to. No. No, at all. It's very sad. Uh, but I don't. Why is he not catching nine to 10
1: passes a game, by the way? I really. I guess maybe maybe they don't think he's explosive right now in the checkdowns and that it's just like too much of a, a true four to five yard checkdown.
2: Yeah. His target per route run is like really, really uh, low compared to what it was last year and the year before.
3: I wonder if he's I do hurt. think it's probably a testament to the offense that when they lose the receivers, they're not saying let's do de facto runs to Eckler. They're like, no, Keenan Allen targets, even when everyone knows Keenan mm-hmm. Allen is getting a target, are still better than Austin Eckler targets, not even as an indictment of Eckler, but like the Austin Eckler target on average coming at like 0.8 yards downfield. Whereas if Keenan Allen is even remotely open, that is just a more efficient way to move the ball downfield if it's to a receiver, let alone Keenan Allen, than a less than usually explosive Austin Eckler 0.88 dot target.
1: Would have been amazing if Josh Palmer returned this week. I can't believe I'm saying that, but it seems like there's no indication that he will return, even though he's eligible.
3: It's probably closer to done for this year. I think. I think Brandon Saley said earlier this week that it, it doesn't look like he's coming back particularly soon.
1: I was wondering if that was like a spectacular case of coach speak, but it definitely seems like he's not coming back this week. Um, so, yeah, not this week. Like it's it's we're weeks out. If you were hanging your hat on that, yes, please uh, move your hat. Uh, <laughs> the, please the, enjoy the
3: consolation bracket. <laughs>
1: yes yes exactly the final game of the day the tampa bay bucks are five point home favorites against the panthers denny can we stream baker mayfield or do the panthers do too good of a job limiting big play i don't know why i'm asking a stream of baker maybe who cares
3: <laughs> 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 wait till you hear my answer to the next question you ask me you're gonna love it <laughs> all right well, oh,
2: yeah, whatever man. What's going on, baker <laughs> whatever 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 uh I... I, I actually think this is the one game where the bucks could actually establish it uh because Carolina's run defense is that bad um they are the eighth most pronounced run funnel on the season uh they're allowing the fourth most missed tackles per rush this year like they're pretty bad, so it's probably Rashad White season for sure um I don't know Baker I guess is probably better than like I don't know uh who,
1: Ben Russ. Maybe you I mean, they're yeah. all Derek Carr, Baker, Minshew, and Russell Wilson are all just kind of bunched up this week. Um, right. where I don't really know. You might need your, like, your own secret method for how to separate them, but <laughs> they're really, really bunched up in like the high-end QB2 rankings this week. And players that people are going to have to start because of how dire the bye week situation is. But, yeah, man, the, the Panthers... The one thing they do well as a defense is limit big plays. They allow one trillion points every week. Even the Cowboys could not get big plays against them. Yeah. And I do wonder about Baker Mayfield streaming Baker Mayfield in, in those circumstances. I- and Baker Mayfield do it seems like he has no difference between his floor and his ceiling. He hits his floor every week yeah. and his right. floor is his-
2: it-, it is similar. I-, I just so folks know, like I had Derek Carr in and, and May- Mayfield in in a league and I'm starting Carr.
3: What about if Olave doesn't play though? Definitely not if Olave doesn't play, dude. He's throwing to, like, Keith Kirkwood or something? No. Yeah, you're yeah, no. right. yeah, probably too. right.
2: Yeah, you, gosh. Go d- wow. If if Olave doesn't play, we're talking 20 touches for
3: Taysom. Oh, <sighs> so many. I mean, we're already probably getting a good Taysom game because, obviously, Shahid looks unlikely to play. Olave's not going to be practicing in full almost until at least Friday, you'd imagine. No Michael Thomas, obviously. Taysom's, are like, a, a great play this week. A giga play. Uh, may say. You, we are. It's 1:03 p.m. and I'm typing trillion yard Taysom Tutter. <laughs>
1: actually,
3: unless they play at four, four o'clock. No,
1: no. You know how it goes in fancy football. You'll say trillion yard Taysom gain, no Tutty. Yeah. <laughs> right. a few plays later, Jamal Williams.
2: And it, and it was really, it was really a 31 yard rush.
1: Yeah, also, you know, yes. Yeah, yeah. it, <laughs> it is so hard to parse. Like, who? Okay, who's saying this? Is it actually long? How much does it usually exaggerate? And why did they not say if it was receiving or not?
3: Uh, That's right. You're supposed a, to announce on, on running rushing, back receptions. Those you got to say re In
1: the group chat. You got to announce whether it's a rushing or a receiving
3: touchdown. Kyle, Rhea the final Ruff. question
1: of the show. Yeah. Any Bryce young hope against the ultimate bucks pass funnel. What changes might we see without Frank Reich this week?
3: Uh, I said earlier, I said like two minutes ago, you're going to love my answer. Uh, who cares? Like, yeah, it's no maybe wonder. worse receiving core in the NFL. Maybe worse offensive line in the NFL. Even when Bryce plays well, I think he played fine last week. He had some really nice tight window throws. I believe every everyone's seen the clip of I, th- I think it's Jonathan Mingo, which sucks if I remember correctly. Where's Jonathan uh, Mingo. A really nice like outside, I think I think it's like a bootleg play. Bryce rolls to his right, throws a dart to Mingo at the sideline. Mingo just needs to extend his hands and catch it, both feet and bounds, plenty of room to do so. His legs are shot off a springboard. And say, it looked bounds, like he like got like caught in a ball. water spout or something. I don't yeah, know yeah exactly. Shoot. Something, some mystical force shot his legs way past where his body was. And he flew out of bounds attempting to catch it. One of the worst catch attempts I've ever seen in my life.
1: <laughs> it, was it was so
2: weird. It was so weird looking. Oh,
3: um, so right. no, the, the no I guess one thing, one it. thing, uh, sorry, we kind of, we, I don't get get sidetracked. <laughs> that's the point of this is that like, why would you care? The one thing I'll point out is that Adam Thielen is getting covered more successfully in, in terms of the ESPN's receiver tracking metrics, his open score, just his ability to get open. is plummeting over the past five weeks. His number of catches that PFF deems him to be open on is plummeting and overall his production is falling off. Other uh, are- than that, that was looking pretty like a good play this week. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah.
1: Right? <laughs> Please, <can't> I, I- <laughs> Why do you care about Bryce Young so much? I get, no, I don't care about Bryce Young at all. I care about Adam Thielen, though. Um, oh, Adam no, Manati. he's a terrible play. Terrible play. Oh, man. Thielen Br- or Garrett Wilson? This Garrett week? Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what? <laughs> Garrett Wilson, come on. Oh, Hold on. I, did I see the same game you saw? Who cares if you catch seven passes if it's Tim Boyle? It's like for like 38
3: yards. How did Tim,
2: you? Tim Boyle is better than him? Bryce Young. <laughs>
4: yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah.
3: So how many how many catches do you think Adam Thielen <laughs> had last week? Take a guess. He had Take one. one. No, I, you don't want me to guess. I know it was one. <laughs> we all know. You, you think I need to
1: guess that? think I need to guess that when the, the bank's here again? Yeah. <laughs> Why is the and, bank? And he's got a clipboard and glasses and a, a suit that's too long and he's telling me again that I know that Adam Thielen and one catch. Yeah, I know. You think I don't know? i think my kids don't know when they're crying? <laughs> I, was to, I was trying to land. It
2: couldn't really land that oh day. man. I, you, I felt like it landed. It is, it is I don't you, you don't
3: think you think my kids don't know. That landed it for me. If, All if, right, if, everyone. If, thanks for tuning in. See you next week.
2: If you think you play in a high stakes best ball league, you have not played in the high stakes yeah. best ball league. Pet, pet league where the, the the bank comes to claim his home
3: every time Adam Thielen has a down game. They have, they <laughs> Do you think rent, playing rent in, in a guillotine in league is fun? Try playing in a literal guillotine league. They're they're raising the blade right now for <laughs> Pat.
1: I'm in the fancy football happy hour guillotine league this week for the championship showdown with Mr. Lawrence Jackson. Of course, friggin' Josh Allen's on bye. But oh, the guillotine league Should I start Dak Prescott or Patrick Mahomes uh, Dak. I added Dak Specifically to I think I'm going to go Dak nice. But I got to end the show Thank you so much if you've been listening with us We truly love to have you Aboard um, sticking with us all year Week 13 we are now in crunch time A lot of good stuff on the site for you As we do every week the Denny's funnel report is now weekly The regression files are out Stardom Sitem will be out from Kyle. Kyle's 32 facts. I was 26 facts this week. My rankings are out. They'll be updated. Denny's chatting on Friday. Um, so for Kyle, for Denny, I'm Pat. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back later.
4: The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble, betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see, so... No, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh,